0: The IOC puts its Olympic agenda reforms into action. I'm Nicole Bennett, Around the Rings podcast producer. The extraordinary IOC session held Monday and Tuesday in Monaco is over. Some major reforms were adopted by the IOC and little time was wasted to put some of them into practice. Around the Rings editor Ed Hula is in Monaco where he and the rest of the Around the Rings team have been covering events there since last week. So Ed, you're telling me reforms are already in play for the IOC.
1: Uh, That's right. This morning at the closing hours of the IOC session, they granted an extension of the term of IOC member John Franco Casper. He's the 70-year-old head of the FIS, the International Ski Federation. Yesterday, Monday, the first day of the session, the IOC passed a new rule allowing members to extend their membership past the age 70 retirement as long as they had the approval of the IOC for four more years. So they wanted to apply it in the case of people like International Federation presidents, such as John Franco Casper, who is, is 70 and would have to step aside from the IOC this year, uh, even though he remains head of the Ski Federation. So that was done, and that's the first time that's happened. They have four more exemptions that they can grant, a total of five at any one time. So that's uh, one of the uh, concessions made uh, on the retirement age. Some members thought it should be older than 70, but there's a real strong feeling that the IOC is a a movement that should be a youth-directed movement and the better to have younger people in the organization rather than worrying about the retirement age of uh, septuagenarians.
0: Now, I understand they've already put reforms into action concerning the process of bidding for the Games?
1: Well, today at his press conference closing the IOC session, the the president of the IOC, Thomas Bach, uh, said that the so-called invitation process for cities considering bidding for the Olympic Games would begin around January 15th, uh, just over a month from now. This is something that was also added to the IOC policies as a result of the Olympic Agenda 2020 reforms that were passed unanimously yesterday. Uh, The invitation process, kind of an open-ended situation where cities interested in bidding for the games can meet with the IOC, consult, and a a dialogue takes place where there's a, a way for cities, potential bidders, and the IOC to see what's the best way for a city to bid for the games. What's the best fit for a city and how the games are staged. Uh, Everybody can be a little bit more aware of the strengths, the qualities uh, that cities have and, and play to those strengths and qualities. That will be a lead up to the actual formal process which begins in September 2015 when the IOC will ask for formal applications from cities for the 2024 summer olympics
0: and regarding olympic bids some word from monaco about a u.s bid for the games
1: right karen rosen one of our reporters one of the members of our team here in in monaco spoke with larry Probst, the u.s olympic committee chair today as the uh, session came to an end he is also an ioc member from the united states and he says he's gotten a lot of encouragement from fellow ioc members for a u.s bid and that definitely december 16th next tuesday Near San Francisco, the U.S. Olympic Committee Board of Directors will meet and decide whether to bid for the 2024 Olympics. He didn't say they might make a decision on which city will bid, but he said for sure the decision will be made whether to go for the 2024 race at this Board of Directors meeting. Boston, Los Angeles, Washington, and San Francisco are the four cities that are in the running for the U.S. nomination.
0: And, of course, a host city for the 2024 Games, as we know, will be chosen in 2017. And I understand today where that will happen was decided.
1: It will happen in Lima, Peru, uh, quite a feather in the cap for the uh, Peruvian capital. They've been working really hard to expand and heighten their sports profile internationally over the past few years. They've come a long way from the days when Peru was... Kind of a third world country in terms of uh, international policies, and uh, is uh, very in tune with the IOC, very in tune with the Olympic movement right now. And it was the uh, winner of an election between uh, with uh, with Helsinki, Finland, which uh, was easily beaten by Lima in the uh, in the vote by the IOC members. So that will happen in 2017, and of course, as you say, where the 2024 Olympic City will be chosen.
0: The Olympic family now includes 205 National Olympic Committees, correct?
1: That's right. We had the addition of Kosovo today. The uh, Baltic nation was uh, chosen or elected by the IOC, confirmed by the IOC. It's a process that's been underway for several years now. There are still some countries which do not recognize uh, Kosovo, including neighboring Serbia. Not happy at all. Their, their NOC president, uh, Vlad Divak, the uh, well-known former NBA player, is their National Olympic Committee president. And Vlad Divak is not happy about the Kosovo situation, but has accepted it and uh, will try to get along with his, uh, with his neighbors. This decision allows athletes from Kosovo to begin training, to begin preparation, to take their place in the uh, in the field at the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Olympics.
0: And have there been any developments for a new IOC headquarters?
1: The uh, project is moving ahead now. Uh, the IOC members today got their really first look at what the Danish architecture firm is coming up with for this new headquarters in Lausanne, Switzerland. It's going to allow the IOC to con- Consolidate its operations from four buildings around Lausanne into one, a very modern structure that still preserves the uh, ancient Chateau de Vidi, which is uh, where the IOC began its tenure in Lausanne 100 years ago. Uh, very modern design for this building, very striking. Uh, the Olympic Family House, as it's called, Still no definite date on when it would be completed, but I think we're looking at at least three to four years from now.
0: What can we expect from the next IOC session?
1: Well, that's uh, coming up in just a few months, relatively speaking. It'll happen in the end of July in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. The, The big development there, of course, will happen with the selection of the 2022 Winter Olympic city host That's kind of a dubious race right now between Beijing, China, and Almaty, Kazakhstan. The race between two cities, a a rare one, and it's very unusual to see these two cities, the only cities running for this Winter Olympics.
0: Well, I guess before I let you go, last but not least, is there anything you'd like to say to the team that's been working with you in Monaco?
1: Well, thank you, merci beaucoup, as they say in Monaco, but thanks very much for all of your hard work. Mark uh, Bisson, our European editor, Karen Rosen, assignment editor Ed Hula III, publisher Sheila Hula, and of course myself have been here for uh, the better part of a week covering the executive board meeting and the IOC session, a great team who've done a a super job telling the rest of the world about what's happening here on the Riviera. It is the Riviera, it's glitzy, it's beautiful, but at the same time there's a A lot of work that goes into covering these meetings.
0: Well, thank you for speaking with me again today, and thank you for all the work you guys have done over there in Monaco. That was Around the Rings editor Ed Hula, where he and the rest of the ATR team have been covering the IOC session events there since last week. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online on Facebook and Twitter. Again, this is Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening.